This is Kathy Rhodes Sargentio, and you are listening to Diary of a Madman. Hello. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Diary of the Madman, the ultimate Ozzy Osbourne podcast where we geek out about all things Ozzy and all things Ozzy related. I'm Josh Crum and he is Mr. Dan Drago. Dan, how's it going, my man? Hey, what is up, Ozzy fanatics? Not much, man. Still fucking juicing over fucking patient number nine over here, as I'm sure you are. How's so the album holding up for you, man? Is it holding up for you as it was an hour ago? <laughs> it is so goddamn good, man. I just can't stop listening to it. That's just a fact. Like, I have to tell myself no more. I got to walk away. For real. I think our wives are starting to understand the beauty of it because I'm like, I'm going to go cut the grass so I can put my headphones on and listen to the album one more time. And he's like, oh, okay, as long as you're getting the fucking grass cut, cool. You know, whatever you got to do. <laughs> exactly. you know. <laughs> It's funny you say that. I think my wife and kids prefer Ordinary Man. You think oh, so? Yeah, I do. Well, you know, Dan, as you say that, my guy Caden, he prefers Ordinary. Well, I shouldn't say that. He hasn't heard a lot of Patient Number 9 yet. But with the singles, he really felt Patient Number 9. He didn't feel Degradation Rules as much. He kind of did it first, and he kind of fell off. Nothing Feels Right is definitely way too balladish for him. He's, he wasn't into that. So he's not got to hear a lot of this one yet. But he is huge on Ordinary Man, so I got a feeling he... Might not. And he's kind of getting more into the rap world now. He's getting into a teenage oh, years, so no. he's kind of listening to this rock and roll anyway. So I think my kids may be the same way, man. I don't know. Even though I did catch my little girl fucking nodding her head earlier to uh, one of those days. Yeah, you can't cool. beat that. So yeah. it's interesting because my kids loved the song Ordinary Man, Under the Graveyard, Holy for Tonight, and Scary Little Green Men. Those are the four. Who doesn't love those four fucking songs? I mean, yeah. I stack those four songs up against anything on patient number nine. Those four songs are fucking amazing. Agreed. So when we talk about the love for patient number nine being so much better than Ordinary Man, it's really how deep of an album it is. There's no let up. In Ordinary Man, it's about half good. And then the other half is just average Ozzy. Yeah. Well, that goes back. You know, we were talking about the other day. This is a good time to bring this up, actually. The day of album release, I was reading everyone's comments and just reading what everybody had to say about the record. You know, critics alike is just metalheads, whoever's on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever. And I kept hearing, is this Ozzy's best record since No More Tears? Is this Ozzy's best record since Osmosis? You and I agreed that Ordinary Man was his best record since Osmosis. Well, we like this better than Ordinary Man. So clearly, this is best record since Osmosis. Right. I don't know that I put it better than Osmosis. It's just that album is so fucking, me and you, man, everybody knows we fucking have a thing for osmosis but i told my wife i said and she couldn't give two fucking shits but she has to hear it anyway because she's married to me i said the fact that ozzy is 73 and releases an album that the fans listen to and say is it as good as no more tears as a whole is an accomplishment no more tears is the pinnacle of his career five times platinum one of the biggest fucking metal albums of all time now patient number nine doesn't have a no more tears or my mom coming home but that said as a whole tracks one through 12 it holds up with that because like we said earlier there's no bad fucking songs on this album so yeah it, it fucking holds up and the fact that we're even having that conversation says a ton that's a victory just having the conversation no question so we have not done our deep dive on no more tears yet and we will because that's not one of my favorite aussie records i will shockingly say that a little bit of a spoiler i think it has incredible highs but i think and i know it's my son would say recency bias i think patient number nine gives no more tears everything it can handle and then some osmosis yeah. no osmosis is 
clearly one of my favorite records of all time. But I think I might like Patient Number 9 better than No More Tears. I'm just going to say it. And you and I share a brain, so who yeah. knows? And No More Tears has a few lows. This is beyond. It, it starts to run a little long. Your AVHs and some of those. It's like, eh. Yep. And Patient Number 9, as of now, doesn't have any of that for me at all. Well, it's just track by track. Fucking amazing. I'm so glad we're having this conversation. This is why I fucking love you. Josh, I could just talk and just, we could go off on a tangent that's just so goddamn cool and really intelligent about the world of Ozzy because here's what I want to say. The metal fans are bagging on patient number nine because it's too poppy because they're being closed-minded because we have the guy named Andrew Watt who's produced pop music before is all involved. But we've talked about this a lot, how Andrew Watt is a great rock and roll guitar player and a rock and roller at heart. His fucking best friend is Chad Smith for Christ's sake. But I think No More Tears. And clearly tight with Rob Trujillo. And tight with Robert Trujillo. Right, right, right. No More Tears is Ozzy's most poppy record. It's not even close. No question. And everybody fucking loves it. But his second most poppy record, Ultimate Sin. Yeah. And everybody loves it. So these people that are claiming that patient number nine is too poppy are talking right out of their ass. They are. And if you put them side by side to an average person and play No More Tears or play patient number nine, they're going to say patient number nine is the heavy track. That, no, no tracking by album i mean of course yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. so yeah it's fucking crazy but the fact that we're in 2022 and even comparing his music to fucking no more tears is mind-blowing and amazing and i couldn't be fucking happier about it absolutely this is such an accomplishment and i think it's just a great record and again we could talk about scorpions released a new record it was okay it was fine but nothing like this and i know we're biased but my god no one is talking about the new scorpions record or the new maiden being better than love drive blackout or peace of mind number of the beast nobody's having that conversation but patient number nine i know people are going to say it's nowhere near as good as his early stuff and it's not as good as his first three records but to have it in the conversation like josh said to be even talked about with no more tears and osmosis huge accomplishment and it ain't me and you doing it it's the fucking public it's the community out there online that's going hey this is amazing. This is maybe his best record since No More Tears or as good as No More Tears. So like you say, great accomplishment. Yeah. The only thing that bums me out a little bit is it's not going to outsell Ordinary Man. And that shocks me. And I, I wonder if it's because it was a 10-year difference between Scream and Ordinary Man. And we're coming off of just a little over two years here. But I would have thought with the lead singles and something as great as Degradation Rules to the metal community with Tony Iommi on this record. And we didn't even mention that last episode, by the way, when I went on my rant about the metal community not supporting Ozzy. Tony Iommi on this fucking record but I would have thought it would have clearly outsold Ordinary Man and again Robert Trujillo from Metallica yeah you know? so I mean there's definitely metal represented on this album and Taylor Hawkins who just passed away and people are all up his ass right now because you know so I mean yeah but I agree totally I think some of it Dan could be too though I just think year by year physical sales are dropping off you know we do know that there's a vinyl resurgence everyone knows that but at the same time physical sales are still dropping off year by year and that probably has a lot to do with it too I mean it's not down drastically right how many physical copies did Ordinary Man sell it was 77,000 total, right, in his first week. Ordinary Man did 77,000 copies, 65,000 were album sales. So God, you know what? It's on damn, par. I'm good. It's yeah. on par. But I do think people typically buy just a little bit less than they do. Every year, there's a little bit less going on with physical buys. I just really enjoy my physical copies. Yeah, well, listen, I bought nine and you bought five, right? Correct. And how many did Ryan buy? Five. Same as me. Yeah, we definitely did our part. You know, We did. And I'm going to buy one more because I still don't have a black original copy so sorry baby because my wife is kind of 
about he's done with me buying, <laughs> buying patient number nine albums. He's going to be divorced. Yeah. But he'll have a bunch of Aussie records to listen to. <laughs> exactly. I'm really bummed I didn't get the box set now that I'm seeing it being unpackaged and everything. Dude, same. When I first saw it, I was like, eh, I'll pass on that. But now I'm kind of like, fuck, I'd like to have that. You know what I really want out of the box set is the the vinyl The little matte thing? Yeah. Fuck, yeah. how'd you know? I, I love it too. <laughs> I know. Brain. I'm fucking, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't think shit of that until like yesterday. I saw a video and I was like, oh, I want that, man. Like, yeah. Need, that vinyl mat is That's so cool. goddamn good. I know. We needed some of those. If anybody out there yeah. wants to like give us theirs, feel free yeah. to let us know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if you guys want to buy us a box set, you know, just let yeah. us know. Okay. One more thing before we get into today's topic, while we're on this subject, I want to bring up to you and see what you get your opinion is. Since you have nine copies, I have five. We both have the originals with the actual album cover and blah, blah, blah. And we both have the Todd McFarlane variant covers. I have a very distinct opinion on which one I prefer now that I've had them in my hand and can see them. Which one do you prefer, the Todd McFarlane variant or the actual cover, patient number nine? I think I'm. this is a closer battle for me than for you, because I know your answer without giving it away. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go the variant only because it uses the classic logo. There's just something about that classic logo with written in yellow that gets me, man. Yeah. Probably brings me back to being 10, 11 years old. But to me, the patient number nine variant is just in the running of the ultimate sim bark at the moon it's got that same similar vibe like my wife was looking at it the other day and she's like oh what the fuck's in his eyes you know it's really cool and i think it's really eerie and cool so i do think though that the regular album cover is worlds better than ordinary man at the end of the day but my pick is the variant i agree with you on the ordinary man versus this one once i i felt like when i first saw the todd mcfarlane cover I kind of just jizzed all over it immediately. And then as time wore on, and we put a poll out actually on our social medias, and the actual cover like blew it away on which one people prefer. It was like, no, we prefer the one with the gold and black and whatever. But once I got my copies in the mail, and I held my Todd McFarlane ones and opened them and flipped through the DigiPack CD, looked at the poster, pulled the actual CD itself out, looked at it, got the vinyl in. The comic book had the gold foil embossed on the front of it and saw the blue smoke record and all that. I fucking fell in love with the Todd McFarlane version, man. Love it. And like you said, the classic Aussie logo, which never fucking you can go wrong with. And I instantly realized this is my preferred version of the album from a physical standpoint. Like, I really fucking love this Todd McFarlane variants. The Blue Smoke vinyl was fucking gorgeous. I just like the Digipack, being able to open it and had the bat inside of it and this head had been bitten off and reattached, which I thought was kind of a neat idea, you know? But my favorite thing about it is probably just the CD face itself. It has the classic Aussie logo with patient number nine written in a more meaner looking font a little tougher looking font on black with red I fucking love the Tom McFarlane variant again like Dan and I always say curious to know which one you guys prefer now that you've had them in your hand and you can see them because they really come to life when they're in your hands you know what I mean and like you said it does kind of remind you of the ultimate sin a little bit something like that I fucking love that variant cover man. I think it's fucking stellar yeah listen it's not Boris Vallejo I mean that's one of the greatest pictures of all time I'm sorry it's awesome <laughs> the ultimate sin cover <laughs> it's awesome it's untouchable but I do think it is in that ballpark of, and, yeah. and I love Todd McFarlane. I mean, he's an Arizona guy. So th- shout out to Todd. But at the end of the day, that variant cover is fucking so cool. And I love that Ozzy is embracing his horror roots again. I wish he would have never gotten away from it. That's who he is. It's yeah. a character. And it, that's who Ozzy is. And not to mention the variant album on the back has the nine Aussies that you and I yes. and Ryan all three thought should have been the fucking cover anyway. It's the- so good that nine Aussies, but I do love the back cover of the gold album. <sighs> I do too, man. Yeah. Too. The praying hands is so fucking good. You know what? It's a perfect world. We get them both. Fuck it. So 
I am going to have one complaint, though. Okay. So my complaint is on the original gold cover. Let's just call it. I'm going to just start calling it the gold cover. The CD booklet is very pedestrian. Yeah. And so is the vinyl. It doesn't even open up, which I thought was highly depressing. But why couldn't they have pictures of those nine Aussies somewhere yeah. in the CD? There's no pictures of Ozzy in the CD booklet, and that bothers me. Other than the nine Aussies in the middle. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Other yeah. than the nine Aussies in yeah. the middle. But like, I would imagine there should have been more pictures dispersed yeah, throughout. The I can agree with that. I think if I'm going to say why that probably is, it's because there's a lot of information track by track. And there is. There's all the who played on it. There's a lot of credits. Per track, they're giving credits. But still, I'm with you. I like to have a few photos of Ozzy on the inside. You got all those Ross Halfman photos that's come out in the past few years, so they've been fucking amazing. It'll be nice to see some of those in there. But I agree with you. And the little slip inside of the record, I'm not a big fan of that, like you said, with the lyrics on it. The record should have opened up to a gatefold. No question. Yeah. Especially the Todd McFarlane variant, because you get the two records in there the slip with the lyrics on it and the fucking comic book stuffed inside of Stop it, which is very tight. awkward. Yeah. And you have it too. I can actually see it right now. The, uh, the CD with the comic book. Yeah. I have that also. I thought about taking the comic out of my Todd McFarlane and putting it inside that and just putting both of the comics in there together to kind of keep the record from getting damaged from the way of being placed in storage and smushed I, together so much. I did tear the back of the CD of the gold variant that came with the comic because of the stupid pull-off strip and it just tore the back of that and it pissed me the fuck off, dude. It got like... Me too. Actually. You did the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. Poorly designed. Why the fuck did they do that? And I opened it so fucking slow so it wouldn't do that. And yes, like, I did the same <laughs> thing. You you were on the phone with me when I opened it. Do you remember? I was. I yeah. Was. I was so fucking pissed. Let me just tell you guys, not that we had to explain anything to you all, because you all know that Dan and I and our guy Ryan, if there's bigger Aussie fans in the world, I want to fucking meet them. I'm just going to be straight up and say that. I'm not, I'm not discrediting whoever's listening, but just fuck. We're ridiculous. I'm in New York City. The album drops. I live in Kentucky. I'm in New York City. And... All my physical copies are now in Kentucky. My Walmart exclusive had arrived. I bought my CD from a local record store to support them. You know, they had it on release day. It was the copy with fucking Todd McFarlane comic book in the one day and I were just talking about. It was eating me up not to have a physical copy in my hand, knowing it was on shelves. So what do I do? I find a Barnes and Noble and go and buy a fucking CD just so I can fucking hold it in my hand and read the fucking liner notes that I could see online anyway. But if you are a fan, you get what I'm saying. I know Dan fucking gets what I'm saying. I had to have a copy in my fucking hand and i was so excited when i got home and did go to the local record store and picked up my todd mcfarlane variant with comic book the gold cover one and inside of it the cd is a slip case and i was so excited because it's a different cd case because the one i got at barnes and nobles is a jewel case <laughs> so i was like yay little things like that are little fucking wins for diehard fans that buy multiple copies because now at least it is a slightly different version so like josh you know i pre-ordered seven copies and it was like nine in the morning and of release day. And I'm about 30 minutes from my local record store here in Phoenix. We got a great one Zia Records. Tons of great record stores in Phoenix, by the way. There's about eight of them. And I'm very lucky and fortunate. But the closest one to me is a Zia Records about a half hour away. So it's about 9 o'clock and about 9.30. I knew if I left at 9.30, I'd show up at Zia at 10 o'clock, which time it opened. I knew I had seven copies coming in, but they weren't in yet. I Just like Josh, I got my car. I went down to Zia. I bought the gorgeous record store purple copy that I'm in fucking love with. And about the patient number nine CD that comes with the comic book. That's the gold cover. So just like Josh, I mean, I was in there. I was at the record store, 10 o'clock, opened, bought my two local copies, brought me up to nine. I would have bought a 10th. I would have bought the black one. But unfortunately, the black vinyl for the original gold cover was bent at Z and they didn't have another copy. So yeah. I get what you're coming from, dude. Totally get it. I had to have it in it, my hand. It was killing me. We've already heard the songs. They started streaming at midnight, but it's like, no, I got to fucking hold it in my hand. 
It's what kids will never understand. You just got to have it in your hand to be able to hold it and look at it and read those liner notes for yourself. You know, this album, and I know for you, it's the same. So I'm going to speak for you here. This is the first Ozzy album I've heard in full. I'm not counting our show, Josh, that we got to go to, but the release day was the first time I heard it front to back outside of the singles. This one did not leak for us. I never had an early copy. Every other one we heard early, 13, Scream, Black Rain, Down to Earth. I got a couple of days early. So this is the first album since Osmosis. I've got to hear on release day. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's yeah. unreal. But you know, it made for memories for me. Like I was in New York city and I was pissed to be there. Cause I want to be at home jamming my fucking physical copies. But at the same time, I went to Times Square, got me a little corner, had Dan and Ryan on the fucking horn. We're texting each other as we listen to the record. This fucking having a circle jerk. And I'm sitting there and looking up at the billboard of Ozzy, a new artist release, Ozzy Osbourne, patient number nine, you know, lighting up the fucking streets for me. So in a way it was kind of fucking memorable also, you know? Yeah. But you're fortunate to have some good record stores there in phoenix man i really struggled to find anywhere in new york to pick it up i mean new york is the mecca of this country it really and i'm sure the locals may know some joints i don't know about but i really struggled well being a new yorker i mean there were two great record stores bleaker street records and, and house of oldies but they're both long gone they've shut down yeah. And, yeah. and yeah it breaks my heart that said man are you ready to get on to parasite i am let's talk about parasite fuck yes so Parasite is a song that features Zach Wilde on guitar. It is written by Ozzy, Andrew Watt, Robert Trujillo, Ali Tamposi, and Taylor Hawkins. So this track has the rhythm section of Robert Trujillo and Taylor Hawkins, which is really cool because we just talked about Immortal last episode, and that had a completely different rhythm section, Josh. It had Chad Smith and Duff McKagan. So now we have Robert yeah. Trujillo and Taylor Hawkins, a completely different rhythm section. What do you think about Parasite? Parasite is the one that when I initially heard it, it kind of put me out of Pantera on the intro. Just that whole bah, dah, dah. I talked a lot about that on the previous episodes. It's always kind of stuck out. Different for Ozzy, but not different for metal. But it was definitely going in a different direction for Ozzy. I fucking love it, man. I mean, when you think about on one track. Zach Wilde, Robert Trujillo, Taylor Hawkins, Andrew Watt, Ozzy Osbourne. Fucking think about that fucking lineup, man. Like, who wouldn't pay some serious fucking dough to go to that fucking bunch to get together and jam some fucking classics? You know what I mean? Like, what a fucking group. This song's the fucking full package, man. It's heavy as hell. There's no way that metal fans don't like this fucking song. It's fucking beautiful. But again, you got that Ozzy Osbourne melody on the chorus that just sucks you in. It's that poppy fucking melodies that he does, man. And that's why I always suck you in on top of the heavy fucking riffs and groove. Yeah, this song, my God, from the riff to the melodies to the lyrics, everything about the song is great. So I'm going to tell a little story. I'm sure you read this as well, but Robert Trujillo was talking about doing the writing for this record. And I'm so giddy that Robert's back. Obviously, we know that he's got a great gig with Metallica. But, you know, quite frankly, Fozzie never tours again. And Metallica is so dormant most of the time, (laughs) you know, that they take forever to record and release stuff. And that's fine. They're very family oriented and they're older as well. Robert Trujillo could easily pull double duty. He could continue to play on Ozzy records and write on Ozzy records. And they have a special bond. If you watch that Zane Lowe interview, Ozzy gushes about Robert and his family and how much Sharon and Ozzy love Robert. And I think Robert loves Ozzy as well. We've read countless interviews this week on it. Well, Zane Lowe told Ozzy right there in that very interview, he said, Ozzy said, I told Robert he had to go to Metallica. And Zane said, Ozzy, I interviewed Robert the week that he accepted that job. And I don't think you realize what a tough decision that was for him. Like it was tougher than you realize. He wanted to stay with Ozzy. And shout out to Zane Lowe. That interview is fucking amazing. I guess one of the best Ozzy interviews I've seen in years. Yes, agreed totally. 
Totally. So anyway, Robert was talking about doing writing for this record, and I thought this was a really cool little fact, but Andrew Watt never really got to jam too much with Ozzy. So they did uh, War Pigs while they were writing. And Robert, Chad, and, and Andrew Watt. I'm sorry, Robert Taylor and Andrew Watt. I don't know if it was Chad or Taylor because Robert plays with both of them. They all jam War Pigs. Well, there's a video of the guys jamming Sweet Leaf. Sweet Leaf. And Chad's on that one. So that's probably yeah. what you're thinking of. And they're doing Sweet Leaf. And you can just see Robert oh, they and, definitely and, did War and Pigs Andrew too. light up. You know, they're so yeah. excited when Ozzy started singing with them. You know, and that's like the shit me and Dan dream about. Just having that fucking moment, you know. No question. Is that Robert doing Sweet Leaf with them? Yeah. 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 So they also did War Pigs too. So yeah. that's cool that they did that. So it was totally. Chad. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I, yeah. I want to discuss Robert with you also because it is clear the affection they have for him, like you said, they really respect him even before the Metallica thing. Like they really like, that's their guy. You know, I remember even, I know you didn't watch the Osbournes, Dan, but there was a few episodes where they had a dude named Robert live with them. And he was like Kelly's friend or something. Right. And uh, he was on a few episodes and I never forget. There was one episode. Cause I just loved that moment. Cause I watched that show waiting for the moments of real music moments. Like if they're on tour or something like that, that's, that's the shit I did eat up. And there was one moment where Sharon said something about Robert's coming over. And I was goes, Robert Trujillo. And he's just like so excited. <laughs> Excited, you know, that That's he would be so awesome. the house, you know, and that was before he went to fucking Metallica or right after, maybe, but I guess it was before because it's right there and down to earth, yeah. But uh, sure. yeah, they definitely love him, and he's such a great dude, man. They're like, I always thought Robert Trio seemed like he'd be one of the funnest guys in the world to hang out with, he just seems so laid back. What a great guy. I mean, he's got humble beginnings, though. I mean, starting with suicidal tendencies and, you know, those early days and then went into infectious grooves. And, I mean, that guy really worked his ass off to get where and he is. Sharon went on and on in that interview about how she got to know him during suicidal. And that's when she fucking fell in love with him so much and wanted yeah. to get him around and stuff. So, that's fucking cool that she saw him that far back also and, and took a liking to him, you know? I just love that Robert plays on five tracks and has five writing credits on this record. And I when mean, I think of the album, he's the bass player I think of. How about you? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think there's no bass player that has a bigger impact on the songs he's on. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think he's doing a lot of those riff writes. Yeah. And he kept going on about how, how Ozzy told him back in the day, Robert, I'm your best friend. I love the bass. We're going to make sure you're in there. Like you're, you're involved. You know, anything you need, let me know. And I'm like you, man. I just fucking love having him involved with it. So I think Parasite is fucking great from the intro where Ozzy screams worms, which I have no idea what worms, by the way. It makes me smile. I'm not going to lie. I like worms <laughs> way better than the last line on Mr. Darkness, by the way. Yeah. You know, my name, my asshole. But I, I think worms just fits the song. It's so cool. I don't know why, but I think they said Parasite's written about a serial killer. That's and what they said. I have no idea what worms have to do with serial killers. So it's clearly Ozzy just having some fun in the studio. But once that line clicks, it's like, I just know that riff is coming. Worms. It's almost you know, like cocaine. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. That's kind of what I think of. Yeah. You know? It's hokey, but it shows Ozzy's personality, I think. If you watch those him on TV, I know Dan hates all these shows, but like uh, Ozzy and Jack's World Detour or the fucking Osborne's Want to Believe, he would get on a topic and pound it into the fucking ground and say it over and over and over. So they're like, shut the fuck up. We know. Like, I could hear him in the studio, worms, or just uh, all the time, just fucking aggravating the hell out of the guys. You know what I mean? So yeah, they're yeah, like, exactly. Throw it on there, you know. I struggle a little bit with the lyrics, and we're going to definitely go over those as, as we have the others. Dan and I are starting to like this lyric review thing we've been doing lately. I don't quite know where it's about a serial killer directly yet, <laughs> but maybe we can get into that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly where I wanted to go. So, great segue. Let's go over the lyrics, mainly written by Ellie Tamposi. Ozzy didn't even remember what the song was about when we saw that Sirius XM special. Again, hats off and thank you to SiriusXM for Josh and I you oh, know, getting to go to that. It's still something we'll remember happened. forever. Yeah. Oh, I know. The lyrics this. The first verse goes, I will close your eyes. 
send you off with a lullaby. So to me, that okay. does have serial killer vibes. Somebody that maybe is humming a little bit when he kills people. I love it. So yeah. Hums a lullaby. Yeah. The moon has never seen a darker side howling at the sun. So somebody that does not like to be out during the day. Yeah. I won't hide from anyone. My fingerprints are tattooed on your mind. Now, I think that's a cool little lyric. She, she does a cool great lyric. job of coming out of verses, right? Those last lyrics are always really, really good. I had someone message today. It was to the diary page and was kind of questioning some of the lyrics, like from a standpoint of who's the lyricist here. Ozzy's writing with a pop lyricist. And I was really fucking quick to say, before you bitch and moan about Ali Temposi, read the fucking lyrics. This chick has her shit together. I don't care if she does pop or not. She writes haunting fucking scary lyrics for Ozzy that I fucking am falling in love with more and more by the day. I think I can speak for Dan and say that you agree. A hundred percent. She's amazing. She's unreal. And this is another set of them. I'm at the point where she's on every fucking Ozzy album for the rest of his life. I'm cool. Agreed. A hundred percent. I'd love but, to have her on the fucking show, by the way. Yeah, that would be but, great. Yeah. And if anybody has not watched the Ali Tamposi, Andrew Watt, like 10 minute special on YouTube on their writing process. And I know it's mainly with pop artists, but I think they go over three songs they wrote together, something like that. It's amazing. Definitely check it out. They did mention Ozzy, though, didn't they, on that? Yeah, yeah, they did. All right, so the chorus says, Mother tried, but everything I do makes her want to cry. Father, why? Why are you haunting me every night like a parasite? So I think that's where the worms come in, right? Parasite, worm, worms. is a worms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the chorus, because to me, that was the hard part of trying to fit into the song. But I think it finally clicked with me. Most serial killers blame their mother, right? It's just a fact on why they daddy issues. Yeah, Yeah, daddy issues. So to me, I get mother tried, but everything I do makes her want to cry. It was never good enough for his mother. Father, why? Why are you haunting me every night like a parasite? To me, it sounds like a father that's not in the picture and his memories haunting him. Like, why were you not there? You know, why are you haunting me every night like a parasite? Oh, Dan, you're so fucking good, man. You're putting this together for me as we're recording the show right now. I agree. Awesome. I hear it now. I see that now. I've struggled with it. I have. Right. Like, I love the song and I love the lyrics. I'm like, I'm not quite putting it together. And you're helping me put it together. I, I agree, man. It's fucking about parent issues. And like you said, most serial killers, it goes back to their parents and their upbringing 100%. And now the and second it, verse is going to put it all together. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking at that right now. Yeah. All right. So the second verse goes, a troubled little boy. Murder scene made of broken toys. Never had no love. Never had no choice. Found comfort in my sins. I can't wait for the light to dim. Again, he likes the nighttime. Impossible to stop when I begin. Dude, the lyrics on this song are fucking awesome. Fuck. God damn, I'm getting chill bumps. It's coming to me, man. Yes. I hope we're doing this for the listeners the same as it's hitting me right now. Like, it's coming together now. Lyrically, it's coming together. Sometimes it just takes... You remember when you're in school and you'd read a question and you just couldn't fucking get it. So you'd raise your hand and ask the teacher and she would literally read the same fucking question. But then it would click. Yeah. hundred percent. That's happening right now with me and you as you're reading the fucking lyrics. I guess I'm getting it now. Yes. Yes. Well, I, I, get I it. think for you and I, when Ozzy is singing, I am transported to another world because of his voice and his melodies. And sometimes I don't quite grasp onto the lyrics. And I know that sounds crazy. But that that's what happens. So he cannot be in my ear when we're talking the lyrics. 110%. Dude, I'm with you. As much as I love Ozzy and everybody knows, you could take some of his top songs and I probably couldn't quote you lyric for lyric on them because I listen more to the melody 
than I do the lyric. I just I don't pay it as much attention. One hundred percent. And like you said, kind of just reading like this out loud to each other, you kind of you pick up on what it's actually saying more than hearing the melody. Yeah, I, a I thousand percent. So that's the verse two. Then we go back to the chorus. I'll just read it one more time. Mother tried, but everything I do makes her want to cry. Father, why? Why are you haunting me every night like a parasite? And then he kind of repeats that. And then there's that really cool heavy bridge where he kind of sings that parasite line, haunting me at night like a parasite. I think this song is fucking unbelievable. Zach Wilde's guitar solo, again, mind-blowing. Zach's fucking. If you'll recall, if you listen to our episode about our album review when we went to the listening party, we told you then, Zach steals the show on this record. And a week into it, I still stand by that. Dan, do you still stand by that? Is Zach One, a stand-up uh, player? Yeah, by far. I mean, a- as great as Beck, Clapton, McCready, and Lord Iommi is, Zach is king here. Zach is fucking dominant. And he's fucking solo on this song. Again, perfect. One thing I wanted to touch on, too, is when Ozzy sings, when he does the refrain, like a parasite. Like a par- and he, again, like you said on the last episode, he changes his tone a little. He changes, he pitches it up. He pitches it down. He yeah. pitches it sideways. Fucking love it, man. I love it. And those are the moments. A lot of people have said this album reminds them of Osmosis a little bit. Nothing Feels Right has that on the where it just does the refrain. Nothing God only knows too. Right. Right. Those moments. Dead and gone. Ordinary Man didn't have those moments like that. Right. Those are part of what makes it sound like Osmosis solo because Osmosis was huge. Let's see you. Yeah. Oh, I want to see. Right. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I'm getting chill bumps. So she, she and their size is so fucking powerful. I, I love those moments of like a parasite where he's just phrasing it differently and he sounds so fucking amazing, man. How headbang inducing is that bridge, by the way? That fucking bridge oh. at the halftime. I mean, it's so goddamn good before Zach Solo starts. Yes. It's so. This is. This, I think, should have been the first single. Josh and I differ a little bit. I think it should have been Parasite, and I think our main man, Ryan, agrees with me, and Josh thinks it's immortal, but I think Parasite, I I don't know how any respectful metal fan doesn't fucking love this song. But I will say, I do lean immortal. Parasite would have worked great, too, though. You got Zach Wilde. The good shredding Zach. There's shredding Zach that just shreds, and there's the good shredding Zach, which is fucking what this whole album is full of. Taylor Hawkins on drums, which people would have ate up. I love Trujillo. And Trujillo, you know, yeah. The Metalheads would have ate that up. So yeah, it would have been a great single. Definitely has a heavy vibe, but again, a very poppy chorus. And lyrics about a serial killer just suits Ozzy's voice, man. Really Psycho does. Man. And some of these songs throughout the years. I no More Tears. love it. No More Tears. Yeah. He has a haunting voice anyway. So when you put haunting lyrics behind it, it's just a fucking match made in heaven. Or hell. Every one look at it. <laughs> yeah, I think Taylor's fucking great on this. I love how he doubles up the, the tempo at the very end uh, when they do the chorus repeat out, but he changes up his playing. And that's something cha- I work with our drummers on. I love that, man. Just like Ozzy's changing up his voice and Taylor yeah. is adding this excitement to the song where it's like, it's flying. And, yep. you know, the tempo doesn't change. It's the attack that changes. Okay, and the, and it's, it's a brilliant illusion. And I love the way Taylor plays on this one. Yep. Great fills, great feel. I think Taylor is fucking great on this record. And right before that, you have the moment where it kind of drops out. And this is Ozzy. Mother oh, yeah. tribe. And it kind of kicks back in. That breakdown. And it's like, oh, fuck. This song is brilliant. Fuck. Jesus. I'm getting chilly bumps. So I love it. I think this is one of Ozzy's best choruses in years. I know it's a overly poppy, but it is infectious. And I love his melody. It is always in my head. This is one of the best choruses on the record. The, the chorus on this song is one of the main 
three or so that I hear in my head on repeat. I hear this one a lot, just the chorus. And I remember when we first heard the song at the listening party, I was a touch concerned, if I'm honest, is the chorus too poppy? Because it was so fucking heavy leading into it. And I was like, fucking shit. Like, this is, this album's gonna be heavy as fuck. Cause you had Immortal and Patient Number and that. And I was like, oh my God. And then when the chorus came in, Mother Try, you know, and just on one listen, I thought, oh gosh, is that too poppy? Like, is it too, it's not, it's fucking perfect, man. And it's really the theme of the record, right? Really heavy fucking riffs, poppy choruses, Beatles sounding fucking melodies, which we all just fucking love us. Even if you don't love the Beatles, but you love Ozzy, then guess what? You love the Beatles melodies because right. it all stems from his growth as such a Beatles fan that he's just, he picked up the formula of how to write a great fucking melody from the Beatles. And he continues to do it in 2022. I love that two interviews this week, Andrew Watt has either said he's been trying to get Ozzy to write evil Beatles and dark Beatles. He used to use two different terms to it, but same term, but it's fucking poetic and brilliant. Yeah. And then in referring to one of those days, he called it evil cream once, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I love Andrew so much, man. He's the best. I so, know, mean, you go on about Andrew. For one, we appreciate what he's done for us. And we both got to thank him right there at the Sirius and party. Like, thank you, Andrew. Like, if not for you, man, these two albums would not have happened. Thank you. How anyone can hate on that dude's energy, I'll just never know. He's so fucking energetic. He's so, and no one loves this record more than he does. Yes. Yes. He's so excited, man. His energy for the, all of this, his excitement for Ozzy. I mean, at the listening party, when I asked, is there going to be another album? And they both said yes. And Andrew, like, was so fucking pumped when Ozzy was like, yeah, I'd love to do another album with Andrew. I, I think I've already committed to it. Is actually what he said, which is, by the way, I think it's huge fucking news. It, hasn't it is huge news. news. He Fuckers. just said, I've committed to another one, which means yeah. he's fucking doing another one with him. The only question now needs to be, is, is Tony Iommi more of a part of it or not? Now that Ozzy's going back to England, which is yeah. another topic for another day, right? I agree. We'll get into that because I have different vibes on that one. I will say this. Josh and I have written tons of songs in our life. And we understand, like for me, and I think Josh is the same way, we're mainly the music writers in our bands, right? So yeah. we're, we're coming up with the music, and I work with, I've worked with so many different singers. They really work with the melodies and the vocals, kind of like what Andrew does with Ozzy, right? Andrew writes the music, Robert writes the music, but these are Andrew's songs as much as they are Ozzy's. And you yeah. can see that passion. This is who Andrew Watt is. You can't blame the guy working for Justin Bieber, making millions upon millions of dollars in Post Malone and being called producer of the year by the Grammys. Kind of a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal, but who the fuck wouldn't do that? If I got a call tomorrow saying, hey, Demi Lovato's got Nita Strauss, she needs some riffs written, I'd be there in a fucking heartbeat doing it. Yeah. Maybe for, for sure. more than one reason. But hey, yeah. <laughs> but here's the truth. Andrew Watt is a, is a rock guy. At the end of the day, this is who he is. And you could just feel that passion coming off of him about how much he loves this record. And how much he loves Ozzy. And how much Period. he loves Ozzy. Period. Yeah. Ben, you talked about this the other day, and I messaged Dan and said, can you call me for three minutes? And it ended up being an hour and 33 minutes, because yeah. that's what we do. Andrew Watt fucking loves this man, and it's obvious. We've we seen him in a room together. We got to watch their body language as someone else was talking. They fucking love each other. Ozzy loves Andrew. They cut up. They laugh. They giggle. And Dan made the comment to me. He said, you know, Andrew might have bigger records than Ordinary Man or Patient Number 9. You know, let's just be honest. Post Malone's like still fucking top 20 or some shit. It's been out for like two fucking years or you know what I mean? Like it's whatever. I think I agree with Dan when Dan said, I believe above it all, his favorite accomplishment is producing Aussie records. And I think he's right, man. I think if you say, Andrew, what is your most proud accomplishment other than winning the Grammy? Because that's a personal like, you know what I mean? Like even Ozzy yeah. say my Grammys is the thing. 
aside from that, I think he would say fucking producing records with Ozzy Osbourne and writing them and co-writing them, you know, right. and have such a huge part of it. And to piggyback what Dan said a minute ago, when you are the songwriter in a band musically, and then you got this guy you write melodies with and lyrics, there's a definite love affair there. And it can be love or hate. There's people you love to work with. There's people you don't. Or and there's people it, you love to work with, but you don't like each other. And that happens. Exactly. But when it clicks, it clicks. And it fucking clicks with these two. It just clicks. Ozzy loves working with him. He loves working with Ozzy. He makes it easy for Ozzy from a standpoint of it's not a hassle. There's a reason Ozzy doesn't have an affection for osmosis. And this is the production time. You know, he's very adamant about that, right? Yeah. He enjoys working with Andrew Watt. Loves it. You could just feel it. I love working with Andrew Watt. When I asked that question, that was his answer. Andrew makes it very easy for me, right? Exactly. 100%. And I'm here to bet you, I think Ozzy really enjoys working with Ali Temposi. You think Ozzy don't read the fucking lyrics to fucking nothing feels right and doesn't go, holy shit. <laughs> it's right. fucking great. Yeah, I agree. And, and we'll- as much as I love Bob Daisley, uh, he ain't quite touching that lyrically. That goes back to what I was saying earlier. I want to pick up on a point that I got to earlier, uh, listeners. I'm sorry I jumped around. I said someone messaged him was like the lyricist is a, a pop writer. She is, but she's also fucking dark, scary, and amazing. Just because her name isn't Bob Daisley or Geezer Butler doesn't mean these aren't fucking phenomenal lyrics. Don't fool yourself. Agreed. Don't cheat yourself Absolutely. either, right? Don't, Don't cheat yourself. Cheat Enjoy yourself. these fucking lyrics, dude. Yeah, and it started on the last record. Ordinary Man is brilliant. Holy for Tonight is fucking brilliant. I mean, there's some brilliant lyrics on Ordinary Man. Oh, yeah, for sure. It has continued and probably gotten better. Not probably. Yeah. It's gotten even better here. Okay. I know we're talking about Parasite, and this is the Parasite episode. But again, since we're on that topic, I've been calling out for someone mouth around a gun. Nothing feels right. God damn. If you can't appreciate her lyrics, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I agree. She's amazing. And again, get your heads out of your ass. Just because what these people have done with other artists doesn't make them not incredibly talented and worthy of working with Ozzy because Ozzy loves them and that's all it takes for me. And they're producing, that's where it is. They're producing great material from the guitar playing, the riffs, the music, Ozzy's melodies are just on fire to Andrew's music. And I'm sure Robert wrote a lot of Parasite. Let's bring it back to Parasite a little bit. That main riff is fantastic. It's got that heavy ass breakdown. I'm sure Andrew came up with that great pop moment where Josh mentioned earlier where everything clicks off and it's just Ozzy singing that chorus, kind of broken down a little bit. I do it all the time. It's one of my favorite tropes in writing music. I think it's a great, you got to have dynamics in songs, even in heavy metal. And Black Sabbath is the one who taught us how to do it. Yep. I mean, what a fucking cool groove, man. It's It's so so fucking good, good, man. But like I said, the dynamics is what really, I think this album in general is full of dynamics like that. This is a very slick production. Make no mistake. It's a slick production. It is. So with no more tears, by the way. Yes. Maybe no more tears is slicker. Yeah. As long as maybe it's most slick production, but it's a slick production, but man, like you said, Andrew does a good job and team. I like that he utilizes the team so much, really, but they do do a great job of moments like that. Like you said, dynamics. And I think that's missing from music these days. It's a lot of cookie cutter these days. And Andrew said that in the interviews. He's like, one of the things Ozzy told me was, I don't want cookie cutter. I want songs. He, he said, Ozzy pushed me to write songs that were more intricate and a little tougher and not cookie cutter. And I think they fucking came through an aces. Well, one of the things is just the lengths of solos is completely different here. I mean, how many pop records have solo breaks that it's over a minute long? Let's be honest. Yep. 
the, and, they did a great job of saying, hey, this is an Aussie record. We're going to feature the guitar. And there's guitar solos all over the place. And that is growth from Ordinary Man. Let me jump on that for a little bit, Dan. I'm glad you brought that up. One thing I always notice when I listen to the record, every fucking listen through, almost every song, the guitar solo is extended from where it would have been on any other record. Right. Instead of eight bars, they're doing 16 bars. They let it go. They they know Zach Wilde's going to fucking tear some asshole right here, and we're going to give him plenty of time to do it. And on top of that, with your Bex and your Eric Clapton's, hey, EC, so we don't want you just to solo. We want you to play all over the fucking song. Right. Just where you want to feel and do something, go do it. And Eric does the whole fucking song. You can hear him just chiming in with his little moments. This fucking stellar, man. So before we wrap up, I do want to add again, I think Parasite would be a killer live track. It would have. I mean, oh, for sure. I, I think Immortal and Parasite would have been in the set. Maybe even more than Patient Number 9. I know he just played it live because it's the single, but I think Immortal and Parasite are better live songs. Yeah, I think so. Patient Number yeah. 9 would be odd. And like the whole, the ending, would you, you know, how would you even, would you even do that or not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. You would almost do it like you did live as a medley. Yeah. Where it would end kind of where the guitar solo is. Yeah. You know? And then go right into something else. And go into something else where you get like. And maybe, that'd be fun. That'd be great. Yeah. You get maybe three and a half minutes instead of seven. Yeah. But uh, overall, I think Parasite would be a fantastic live track. I think side one. So side one, people on the vinyl, if you have it on CD, is Immortal, Patient Number Nine, and Parasite. That's that's side one. And fucking A, it is <laughs> amazing. That side fucking is just unreal. unreal to me. Unreal. It's a headbang. I mean, that is a heavy fucking side of a record. You all can't see our faces, but Dan and I can see each other. We smile so fucking much, man. We're so excited. I mean, God, man. And you know, you just never know. Is this our last one? We don't know. You know, like it's just enjoy this shit while we can because, like, who knows, man? If Dan wants to buy 10 fucking copies, it's because he's trying to enjoy the moment, you know? That's right. and, and that's all it is. We've we smiled so much recording this episode because it's just so fucking great, man. So excited to be here and have made it to this moment. It's amazing. All right, it so is. before we go, Josh, where does Parasite rank for you? We're going to be doing this, everyone. Upper tier, middle tier, bottom tier. Parasite for me is the bottom of the upper tier. Okay. It's so, more middle of the pack, but it's on the higher end of that. So that's what Immortal was for me. Exactly. Yeah. All right, great answer. For me, Parasite is top tier. I okay. fucking love this I one. was going to say, yeah, and that includes definitely. the singles, all, all the tracks. All yeah. the tracks. And we should probably talk about the others. So I'll go first. Patient number nine is upper tier, right? Right there. Mm-hmm. Top four on the record for me. Nothing feels right is that middle tier right there in okay. the middle. About seven, eight. Degradation rules. Unfortunately, my brother is going to kill me because he loves it, but is clearly in my bottom tier. And again, yeah. it is not a bad track. I fucking love it, but it's in the bottom tier, bottom four. Yeah. I'll start backwards. Degradation rules is in the bottom four for me also. But going back to what I said, I believe it was the last episode. On Ordinary Man, it would be a upper mid- middle tier track. Fuck yeah! I told yeah, you, it, it, I told you I like it better than Straight to Hell, and I still yeah. do. And, and Straight to Hell is probably fifth best song on the record. Exactly. So it's just more of a how good the fucking album is as a whole, right? So Degradation Rules for me is lower third. Nothing feels right as upper fourth for me. I really, like I said earlier in the episode, I just, I'm really still feeling that one, man. I don't know what it is about that one. I'm feeling it. And patient number nine is upper fourth for me also. So I, I will say of the three singles, two of the three for me are upper, upper fourth on the record. So I shouldn't complain too much, but I really think immortal or parasite would have been a better single than degradation rules. Ultimately you and I both agree. They want to Tony Iommi out there. hundred really percent. Yeah. And it worked. It was, it, it went over. 
It's a great song. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, it just goes to show you. I think you're spot on. This record is so good that something as good as Degradation Rules for us is towards the bottom of the record. Yeah, yeah. I I'll mean that's like harmonica. I mean it's fucking. It's got everything you want. It's just yeah. you know great melody. I think that's another one that would work well live. Ozzy could sing that one for sure live. Yeah, and that yeah. killer fucking rhythm on the guitar solo. I mean, yeah. it's a fucking great yeah. song, man. But it is just, a great song compared to the others. You know, it's just it's bottom fourth for me. I can't help it. All right, well, it's been a great episode, man. I mean, I'm in fucking over the moon still with this record. I can't wait for our next one. But again, thank you guys for listening to our patient number nine discussion series. All right, guys. Until next time, we will see you on the other side. <laughs> So white glues fucking hot as balls or what? Who? The singer of Arch Enemy, the new one. Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen her. Oh, she is so fucking hot. I tell you what, man. Um, Amy Lee, like modern day. Jesus Christ. She's hotter now than she was back in the day. I don't find her that hot. I do. I didn't back then. I do now. <laughs> Love that we're both whispering. Yeah. Oh, you're the best. My wife's in the other room. Mine is too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm whispering. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, man. Uh...